0: Well, it's good to see you guys. So glad y'all are here. Don't be afraid to just moving close to one another, all right? Uh, feed off the body warmth. That's a good thing. Uh, let me just say this. I'm, I'm pretty excited about tonight because tonight we bring our study of Ecclesiastes to a close. I have absolutely loved our time in this book every single week. And as we find ourselves at the end, what I want to do is I want to take you all the way back to, our, to the beginning of our study. If you were with us in Waco Hall or if you were here in the, the first few weeks, let me just tell you kind of how we packaged this book. I, I told you guys about my favorite movie quote to use from the stage. It's a quote from William Wallace in the movie Braveheart. If you've been around Vertical, you have heard me use this quote where William Wallace says what? He says... Every man dies not everyone not every man really lives i'll say it again because i just butchered it every man dies not every man really lives and if william wallace is right what well, we have said from the beginning if william wallace is right then everyone will go through life and die and we all get that right no one ever hears that and says well no one can know for sure no we're all pretty sure We will all go through life and eventually die. But then William Wallace says something pretty pretty profound. He says, every man dies, not every man really lives. So if William Wallace is right, what that means is that there are people here tonight who will go through life and never actually truly experience a life that is full of joy and peace And satisfaction and fulfillment. But that's what we all want, right? Every single one of us wants to experience a life that is full. In Waco Hall, first night of the semester, I talked about the scale of life. We talk about the scale of life at Vertical a lot. One being no life at all. Ten being life to the full. And I asked you on the first day of school, where do you hope to land on the scale of life this semester? How much life do you actually hope to experience? And here we are towards the end. Just ask yourself, where have you landed on the scale? Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no life at all, 10 being life to, to the full. What has this semester looked like for you? Maybe you've settled into a mediocre semester. Maybe it's been kind of a 4 or a 5, but it doesn't matter who you are or how this semester has gone. Every single one of us, wants to land somewhere towards the end of the spectrum around an 8, 9, or 10. But what we've said from the beginning is that if you want to be someone who goes through life and truly experiences a full, abundant life, then you better be very careful where you look for life. We said that Ecclesiastes exists to help us navigate our way to a life that is truly And here we find ourselves at the end of the book. And Solomon is going to beautifully give us multiple things that we need to consider if we truly want to experience a life to the full. And then he's going to come to the very end of the book and he's just going to boil it down to two things. And he's going to say, if you really want to live, if you want to go through life and, and truly experience maximum joy and peace and satisfaction and fulfillment, It all comes down to these two things. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Our goal tonight is to leave here with a vision for how to experience the most life possible. I just want you to think about that. Think about what William Wallace says. What's going to prevent you from getting to the end of your life and looking back and saying, my life is frustratingly empty? Solomon's goal is that we'd be able to get to the end and say, I have lived well. My life is full. And now I'm ready to step into eternity. Here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 7. Solomon says this, Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So, if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. And so Solomon knows if we're going to be people who truly experience an abundant life, then we have to have a correct perspective of life. And here's his point in these verses. Life will be a mixed bag. We've talked about that multiple nights here at Vertical, but life will be a mixed bag. Solomon says there's going to be, there's going to be days and years of your life where it feels like the sun is out. Everything is easy. Everything works. Everything is as it should be. But then you need to know there's not just going to be days of sunlight, there's going to be days of darkness. And When the days of darkness come, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to be easy. Nothing's going to be as it should be. Solomon says, if you're one of those people that God blesses with a long life, like if you're one of the few who makes it to 70, 80, 90 years of life, then you should be extremely grateful Be thankful, but you better have a correct understanding of what your life is going to include because your life will include days of sunshine and days of darkness. The longer you live, that's a good thing because that means there is more potential for days of sunlight. But then on the flip side, there's also more potential for days of darkness. You have to have that perspective if you truly want to experience a full life. Because if you're not expecting days of darkness, you will find yourself angry, bitter, and resentful towards God. Because you will feel like you got ripped off. You want to experience life to the full, you better be prepared for a life that really is... A mixed bag. Now watch what he says. Verse 9 Solomon says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Do you hear what he's saying? He's talking to you guys. He's talking to the young. He's talking to the next generation. He says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but no. That for all of these things, God will bring you into judgment. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, I'm talking to you guys, college students. I am talking to you guys. Enjoy being young. Enjoy being young. Follow your heart. Follow your eyes. But then Solomon gives us this caveat. And he says this, follow your heart, follow your eyes, but no. That for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. A few weeks ago, I told you about an interaction that I had with a guy when I was in college. Let me just remind you how that conversation went. We were talking about spiritual things. And what this guy told me is he said, you know what? I will think about religion and God later in life. But right now, I just want to enjoy life. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're here tonight just saying, man, that's exactly where I am at. I'll think about God, religion. I'll settle down to God later in life. But right now, these are my four or five years of college. People tell me these are supposed to be the best years of my life. So I just want to enjoy this now, and I'll think about God later. The only problem with that mentality is what Solomon tells us right here. In verse 9, because he tells us that you need to know when you follow your heart, in your eyes, God will bring these things, all of these things, into judgment. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying God cares deeply about how you live now. He cares deeply about how you live now. Now. There's going to come a day where you're going to stand before God and you're going to have to give an account for every thought, every desire, every action, and every word from your time in college. God's not going to hear you giving an account and say, hey, 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 no need to explain. It was the college years. I get it. What happens in college stays in college. That's our motto here in heaven. Don't worry about it. Now, Solomon is clear. God cares deeply about how you live now. So you know what? Follow your heart. But before you follow your heart, make sure that you have first aligned your heart with God's heart. Follow your eyes. But before you follow your eyes, make sure that you are seeing through a God-centered lens. I need you to hear me say this. The only way to align your heart with God's heart is through God's word. That's the only way for your heart to be aligned with God's heart is through reading his word. That is why you read the word. This is not for you to figure out do's and don'ts. This is for your desires to get synced up with God's desires. This is for you to step into something bigger than yourself. God has given us this word so that you can delight in being intimately connected heart to heart. I want you to think about this. Think about the game on Saturday night. You're standing there in the rain. Just imagine the coaches are on the sideline calling the plays, right? I just want you to imagine, uh, what if... Uh, Baylor's quarterback Bryce Petty decided that he didn't want to look at the coaches for the plays. What if Bryce just decided to step into the huddle, and here's what he said. Um, here, guys, here's what I want us to do. Just do whatever you feel is best. That's what I want you to do. Just do out there whatever you feel is best. So, um, offensive line, if you feel like blocking... That might be a good idea. And you know what? Center, I'm not going to give you a snap count. Whenever you feel like snapping the ball, snap it. Receivers, if you want to run a route, I highly recommend it. But you do what you feel is best. Imagine what would happen. Imagine the chaos on the field. No, you watch Bryce. After every play, he steps back and he looks at the sideline to get the call. That's what he does. You wanna know why there's so much chaos in this world? Do you wanna know why there's so much chaos in this world? Because this world is full of people going through life doing what they feel is best. That's why there's so much brokenness, that's why there's so much hurt, so much pain and so much chaos because this world is full of people doing what they feel is best. This world is full of people following their own hearts without first aligning their heart with God's heart. You want to experience the most life possible? You want to experience a life that is truly full? Then you better look to the sidelines often, and you better align your heart with God's heart. That's when life begins. Now watch this. This is funny. I mean, this is extremely sobering for me. Here's what it says. Verse 10. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. We've talked about that word vanity a lot. Solomon uses the word vanity about 38 times in the book. It's his favorite word. Vanity comes from the Hebrew word hevel, and the word hevel literally means breath or vapor. So sit there and breathe out. You see that puff of the, that that steam? That's hevel. It's something that is very fleeting. It's it's there one minute and it's gone instantaneously. That's hevel. Solomon says, "Watch this." He says. For youth in the dawn or the prime of life is hevel. It's very fleeting. Youth in the prime of life, it's very fleeting. That word is, that's been translated dawn, it means prime of life. It can also mean black, referring to black hair. It's saying black hair is very fleeting because gray hair comes in quickly. It's saying you will be young one minute and old the next. You're only young for a very short period of time, so you better enjoy the prime of life. Let me just tell you about this phenomenon after college. I promise you, I am right. Just watch. When you graduate from college, for your first 10 years out of college, mark my word, some of you guys email me in 10 years, and all your email has to say is you were right, all right? For your first 10 years after college, you will think of yourself as a recent college graduate. For the first 10 years, you will look back and be like, ah, I just graduated from college not that long ago. And then, you're going to find yourself talking to a current college student, and that college student is going to refer to you as sir- and Mr. So-and-so, and and it is going to shatter your world. That's what you guys have done to me. I showed up in Waco, and you guys were like, "Uh, yes, sir, Um, Mr. Atik, it's Reverend Atik, all right? It will shatter your world. And in that moment, you'll realize I became old overnight. A couple of years ago, I've shared this before, but a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to New York City at Christmas time and we were taking a selfie in front of the tree in Rockefeller Center. And after we took the selfie, we went to the look at the picture and we were horrified at what we saw. Because I can only speak for myself. My wife is still smoking hot, but I looked at myself. And there were wrinkles around my eyes, and it just looked like life had not been good to me. And in that moment, I realized I am way past the prime of life when it comes to taking a selfie. Selfies are way too close for me. They just are. The prime of life went like that. And so Solomon says, just watch you are young right now and tomorrow you're going to be the old guy and so Solomon says this He says remove vexation from your heart and put away pain What Solomon is saying is get you know what vexation is it's here it's being used as a general term general term referring to any unnecessary stress or worry in your life So he says Remove any unnecessary worry or stress stress, and remove any physical pain. Because think about this. The older you get, the more complex life gets. The older you get, the more you have to worry and be anxious about. So... The older you get, you're going to have to worry about finances. You're going to have to worry about providing for your spouse. You're going to have to worry about raising kids. You're going to have to worry about saving for retirement. You're going to have to worry about saving for your college, your kids' college funds. You're going to have to worry about dealing with an aging parent. You're going to have to deal with all those things, but right now you're young, and life is actually simple. It really is, whether you realize it or not. So while life is simple, Get rid of the unnecessary worry and anxiety. And how fitting of a time is it for Solomon to tell us this right before we go into the hardest part of the semester? Some of you guys just need to hear, you're going to make your first B and life is going to be okay. It'll work out. Some of you guys have some drama between you and your friends and it's just eating you up and it's consuming your life. It's not that big of a deal. You need to deal with it. You need to forgive each other. And you need to move on. Some of y'all are graduating in December and you don't have a job yet. It's okay. Like you don't have a spouse and kids you have to provide for. You might be eating ramen every meal. It'll work out. It's It's not that big of a deal. Remove the unnecessary worry from your life. You know what? Some of you guys are allowing the same sin to linger in your life over and over and over, and you're just trying to baby step your way out of sin, and you know what it's doing? It's causing you a bunch of unnecessary guilt. Deal with it decisively. I talk about pornography here all the time. You want to know why I talk about it so much? It's because I sit with so many guys, and here's what I tell them. I say, you have to get extreme with your sin, and right as I say that, So many guys get glossy eyed and they start trying to change the subject. Because in their mind, they're thinking, you know what I'll do? I'll just try harder. So you sit there and you try and baby step your way out of sin. And you end up going nowhere. Deal with sin decisively. Get help. Go to a counselor. Go to church. Open your life up. Be transparent with others. But deal with the sin. Remove the unnecessary anxiety and worry from your life. And then Solomon says, remove the pain. Remove the physical pain for, from your life. Let me just give you just how life goes, okay? I'm 33 now. A while back, I rode a Wave Runner for an hour. And after riding it for an hour, I was sore for the next two days. Like it hurt to stand up and sit down. The last time I checked, all it took to ride a wave runner is you had to sit there and push a button. That's it. The older you get, something happens when you turn 30. When you turn 30, things just kind of shut down a little. Not completely, but just a little. Like it takes longer to recover from things. It takes longer to heal. Injuries happen more easily. That's just the way it goes as you get older. Right now you're young. You're in the the physical prime of your life. So what Solomon is saying here is don't do a bunch of stupid stuff right now that's going to make you spend the majority of your youth in a cast or a sling or in surgery. Be smart because you just have this short period of time where life is good physically and then it's all downhill from there. Enjoy your youth, but just know the prime of life is extremely short. Now watch he goes on twelve one. He says, Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come in the years draw near, of which you will say I have no pleasure in them. He says Remember your creator. When Solomon says remember your creator or remember God, what he is saying here is he is saying enjoy and obey God wholeheartedly. This is Solomon's way of saying live wholeheartedly for God. If you consider yourself a Christian here, this is the life God calls you to. This is the life the Bible calls you to. One of wholehearted devotion. Jesus says to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him. That's what the normal Christian life looks like. If you've somehow uh, found yourself sliding into this lukewarm Christianity and you found yourself okay with it, you need to know Jesus says in Revelation three: you're not hot, or you're not you're not hot or cold. I vomit you out of my mouth. What He's saying is lukewarm Christianity disgusts me. I am never okay with that. What I call you to is wholehearted devotion. That's what Solomon is telling us to do while we are young. He's saying, live wholeheartedly for God now. Before the day before the evil days come. When Solomon talks about the evil days coming, he's talking about the pain and the injuries that come. With old age. And now it's gonna be awesome because in verses two through seven, Solomon is just gonna bust into a poem where he's gonna he's gonna compare the evil days, the injuries, the pain of old age. He's gonna compare it to a house that is just crumbling. Watch what he says. Here's his poem. It's beautiful. He says, Remember God, verse two. are in the way. The almond tree blossoms. blossoms, The grasshopper drags itself along and desires fail. Desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bow is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Let me just walk you back through this and show you what everything means. Solomon is saying, here's what happens when you get old. This is what happens to your body. Verse 2, he says, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Here's what he's saying. He just talked about days of sunlight and days of darkness. He said, when you get old, all the days are dark. Every day, it's just trouble after trouble. The storm comes, the rain comes, and just when it's over, more clouds roll in. That's the way it goes when you get old. There's trouble after trouble. There's health issue after health issue. There's um, reality check after reality check where you have to realize that you can't do things like you did before. There's death after death of your friends who pass away. From old age. That's what happens when you get old. He goes on in verse 3. He says, In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, he's talking about your arms. In your hands, when you get old, they, they tremble, they become weak. He says, and the strong men are bent, he's talking about your legs, they become they become bent and fragile. He says, and the grinders cease because they are few. What's he talking about there? He's talking about teeth. Your grinders, he's saying you lose them, they become few. That's what happens when you get old. He says, and those who look through the windows are dimmed. He's talking about your eyes going bad. Your eyesight fails. He says, and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. He's talking about your hearing. It goes bad. You can't hear as well. He says, and one rises up at the sound of a bird. You can't sleep well. You're up way too early. People get up at three and go to bed at six. Eat the Luan platter at lube. at four. He says, all the daughters of song are bralo, He's talking about your vocal cords. They're weak. You can't talk well. He said, they're afraid also of what is high and terrors are in their ways. You just become more fearful. He says, the almond tree blossoms. He's talking about the hair going gray. He says, the grasshopper drags itself along. You think about a grasshopper that's usually bouncing. Now he pictures a grasshopper just dragging himself along the ground. He's saying, you just don't move around well says desire fails. He, he's, some people think he's talking about sexual desire. You just don't have it anymore. He says because man is going to his eternal home. That's where you're going. Your life is not building. It's declining. It is declining toward death. He says before the silver cord to snap, the golden bowl is broken. Pitcher is shattered or the wheel broken at the cistern. He's talking about valuable things. Your, your beautiful body reaching a point where it's completely broken. It's so broken that it cannot sustain or maintain life anymore. That's what's in store for you. And your life makes a full circle. It came from the dust, and it returns to the dust. Solomon says before this happens, before the evil days come, remember God now. Remember God now while you were young. Remember God now while your arms still work. Because nothing will bring you more joy than using your hands and your arms to serve those who are in need. Remember, God, now while your legs still work, because there's no greater adventure than using your legs to be a messenger of of the gospel to the 3,000 plus unreached people groups in this world. Remember, God, while your teeth are still present, so that you can eat God's food and enjoy God, you want to you know just how pleasant and f- good and how, how good and pleasureful God truly is, then just think about this. God's the one who made the ingredients of our food. God's the one who made man so creative to mix the ingredients to make good food. And God's the one who gave us senses so that we could taste and smell that food. Remember God now while you still have your teeth. Remember God while you can still hear music. Nothing moves people to worship like music. You go to a a T-Swift concert or you go to a JT concert, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see people worshiping. They're not going to be worshiping God, but they're going to be worshiping someone. Why? Because music moves us. Remember God now so that you can enjoy and worship God now while your ears still work. Remember God now while your eyes still work and you can behold just how beautiful God truly is. The mountains show us just how majestic God is. The oceans show us just how vast God's love and forgiveness and grace and wisdom are. Our eyes allow us to see just how great God is. We see the movements of different creatures, and it shows us just how captivating God is. Remember God while you can still see. Remember God while you can still use your voice. and You can experience the joy of sharing your faith with other people. Remember God now. Here's what you need to hear. Don't miss this. You need to hear this. Some of the greatest amounts of joy and adventure and satisfaction and pleasure that you will experience in your life will be living for Jesus Christ now while you were young. You know what that means? You know when the best time is for live to Jesus? When's the best time to live for Jesus? It is now. Now is the best time for you to live wholeheartedly for Jesus. Do not put off till tomorrow what God has called you to do today. He has called you to live for him. Solomon says in verse 8, he says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Solomon ends Ecclesiastes the same way he started. He says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. We said that vanity is the word hevel. It means literally breath or vapor. But vanity also carries the idea of frustration caused by emptiness. It's this idea that if you were to see the steam coming out of your mouth, just think about how frustrating it would be to try and grab a hold of your breath. You're just sitting there like, you just can't do it. And Every time you try, you'd open your hands, and your hands would be frustratingly empty. That's what, that's what Hevel truly means. Solomon says, you want to know what the greatest example is of that which is frustratingly empty? It is life itself. It is life itself. Why? Because this world is a mixed bag. If you spend your life looking to experience life to the full. If you look for life under the sun, that's a phrase Solomon uses. If you look for life under the sun, meaning you try and find life to the full within the confines of this observable world, Solomon says you will get to the end of your life and you will be frustratingly empty. Why? Because life is full of days of sun, in days of darkness. You remove God from the equation and you look for life only in the confines of this world. You need to know there's going to be days of darkness and days of sun. And on the days of sunlight, you're going to experience incredible gain. And then on the days of darkness, you're going to experience incredible loss. And you're going to get to the end of your life and you'll be lucky to break even at zero. And you'll leave this life the same way you entered it. Empty handed You want to experience the most life possible. You want to experience life to the full. It's not going to be found looking under the sun. You're going to have to look beyond the sun to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the one who stepped out of heaven and into earth so that we might live. John 10.10, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Let me just show you how the book ends. I know we're cold, so I'm going to skip a few verses here. But I believe the, the main body of Ecclesiastes ends in verse 8. And then we find this epilogue in verses 9 through 14. And verses 9 through 12 just tell us about Solomon and Ecclesiastes. And now verses 13 and 14 in the book. And I hope you don't miss this. It says this. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Do you hear what Solomon says there? He says, This is the end of the matter. Everything has been heard. You want to know what it all boils down to? This is it. This is what life is all about. Two things. Fear God, keep his commandments. That's it. That's the whole of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. I promise you, if you're going to go through life and truly live, if you're going to experience life to the full, it will involve these two things. Fearing God and keeping his commandments. If you're here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you consider yourself a Christian just because of your upbringing, but if you were to be honest with yourself, you'd look and say there's really no real relationship there. Let me just tell you, you can go through this life and you can remove God from the equation and you can look for a full, satisfying life under the sun, but a day is coming where you're going to stand before God and on that day you will realize that you've been living your life according to the wrong equation. I promise you, you will. Scripture is very clear. All of life comes down to two things, fear God and keep his commandments. Solomon says that a day is coming where we will stand before God and we will have to give an account of every thought, every desire, every word, and every action. Let me just ask, if you don't know Jesus, if the Bible is true, and that day is coming where you will have to give an account for literally everything, what do you believe the outcome will be on that day? There's only one possible outcome. And the outcome will be this. The righteousness of God will show you just how unrighteous you truly are. And the consequence for your unrighteousness will be removal from the presence of God for forever. But that's why Jesus is so important. That's why I'm calling you to look beyond the sun to Jesus. Because tonight on the table for you is the good news of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 puts it this way for us. It says, for our sake, he, that's God, made him, that's Jesus, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is called the great exchange. When you believe in Jesus Christ, when you trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, Jesus takes your sin and gives you his righteousness. So on that day, when you stand before a righteous God, you can stand with confidence knowing that all of your failures, no matter what you thought or what you desired or what you said or what you did, it has all been forgiven. And what is true for you is what Paul says in Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what's on the table for you tonight. Everyone begins a relationship with Jesus Christ the same exact way. You come to a moment in time where you begin to fear God. To fear God is to realize who Jesus is and what he has done for you. That Jesus Christ is God who came from beyond the sun to make payment for your sins so that you might experience complete forgiveness for all of your failures now and for all of eternity. And a day is coming because of faith where you will get to live and enjoy his presence for all eternity. My hope tonight is if you've never looked beyond the sun, you would begin to, and you would step into a beautiful relationship with Jesus. That's where life to the fullest found. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. Which one will you be? Let's pray together. you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ right now, I just want to invite you in the quietness of your own heart to acknowledge who Jesus is and what He has done. You look beyond the sun right now, and you just declare, Jesus, I realize that I am unrighteous. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Take my sin and give me your righteousness tonight. Just pray that. Invite Jesus in. Look beyond the Son to Jesus. Trust in Him. Give your life to Him. Ask Him to begin to lead you in a new way. A life that is truly full. And if you already know Jesus, let me just, let me just ask you and invite you. Remember God today. Remove vexation from your life. What unnecessary worry and anxiety you have in your life right now, whatever it is, talk to God about it right now. Whatever that worry is, whatever that anxiety, you talk to Him about it right now. You remember Him now. While you're still young, celebrate God. Reaffirm your love for Him. Ask Jesus to take you to new depths of devotion toward Him. Band's going to lead us in one more song. This time is yours just to do a little business with the Lord. Take this time. Lord Jesus, we love you and we need you. We thank you for who you are, that you are God, and you have come from beyond the sun because you love us and care about us and want to lead us to life.